With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Good evening and bonsoir, Mr. Dunn. It is Sunday, November 17th, 2013, and you're now listening to Playtime with Sandra Radio. I'm your hostess, Sandra London of livinggrind.com, broadcasting to you live from the sunny beaches of Southern California in connection with Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn Radio, iTunes Digital Podcast, and Naked Girls Radio. The song you just heard at the top of the hour was Tokyo Extreme Racer by Joseph uh, Nanner and Vandal Hearts. And yes, hello, hello. Um, it has been two weeks where I have not spoken with y'all on a Sunday evening as I normally do. Many apologies. I have missed you. I have missed you all. <laughs> so yes, please enjoy uh, this next song. Let me just find it here real quick for you, and I'll be right back with you. The call-in number is 858-815-2333. Once again, 858-815-2333. And I will play hmm, The Operation by Kuka, and I'll be right back with you.
And we're back. <laughs> yeah, that was Window by Hood Virtual. I uh, found that on freemusicarchive.org. And just before that, you heard Kuka with, uh, oh my gosh, The Operation. There you are. So anyways, this evening it is a full moon once again. Woo-hoo. And um, there's something else. Oh, yes, for this evening, the theme is, um, where did I put it? Um, getting you back to zero, voila, my brain will return momentarily. But yes, um, getting you back to zero, and I I made that the title in honor of the modified Julian Day Zero, which um, happened in 1858. Um, I don't know, I really like studying calendars and dates and random number type thingies, so that's why. <laughs> but I will, a bit later in the broadcast, go over some really cute things about the number zero, just some random trivia and tidbits, um, and also a few cool things that happened on this very day, November 17th, um, and other years. But um, in the meanwhile, let me find something for you, um, and I'll be right back with you. The call-in number is 858-815-2333. Once again, 858-815-2333. And I've got one or two different erotic stories that I will read for you live. One will be Oratio Oblica, which um, I was not able to read um, at my last radio episode um, because of the very, very stimulating, engaging interview that I had with um, Cam, the Cam Model Directory site. Yes, yes. So I'll get to that this evening in just a little while. And also a story from uh, the Master Slave book um, edited by N.T. Morley. So stay tuned for that. In the meanwhile, uh, hmm, check out Welcome to the House of Fun by Juanitos. And I'll be right back with you. Welcome in the house of fun. 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 Welcome in the house of Oh, 
house of fun. Oh, welcome in the house of fun. Oh, in the house of fun. Oh, welcome in the house of fun. Oh, in the house of fun. Oh, welcome in the house of fun. Oh, welcome in the house of
That was Touching Bases by King Felix. Okay, a uh, quick history lesson, real quick, real quick, and then some sexy time, and then uh, Oratio Oblica. Um, yeah, but um, 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 um. Okay, yeah, on this day in history, um, in 1777, the U.S. Articles of Confederation were submitted to the states for ratification. Um, 1858, modified Julian Day Zero, which I will explain later. Um, 1871, the National Rifle Association was granted a charter by the state of New York. 1911, Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated was the first black Greek-lettered organization founded at Howard University. 1919, Armistice Day in UK was founded. Uh, 1939, International Students' Day um, founded based on um, the execution of nine uh, student protesters in the Czech Republic. Uh, 1962, um, JFK dedicated Washington Dulles Airport, International Airport. 1968, um, the viewers of the Raiders Jets game on the East Coast were denied um, the ability to watch the, fi- the finale um, because NBC somehow broadcast Heidi instead. Um, which led to broadcast regulation of sports thereafter in in a way. Yeah. Um, That reminds me, I think, what, USC was able to defeat Stanford just this weekend or something, and it was all kind of wild, but I don't don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 1970, uh, the Luna program involving the Soviets landing on the moon, um... Uh, da, 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 da. Yes, sorry, hold on. 1982, uh, uh, sorry if I mispronounced this, Duke Kim died from injuries in a 14-round match against Ray Mancini in Vegas, prompting a reform in boxing. 1989, Velvet Revolution once again in Czech Republic. Um, 1993, the North American Free Trade Agreement um, was agreed to. <laughs> Um, and yeah, happy birthday to um, Scorpion, um, Gordon Lightfoot, Martin Scorsese, Lauren Hutton, uh, Lauren Michaels, who is the creator of Saturday Night Live, Dean Paul Martin, RuPaul, Susan Rice, the American diplomat, uh, Sophie Marceau, and in memoriam to Catherine the Great, the Empress of Russia, um, Auguste Rodin awesome French artist, and Esther Roll. Um, and there we are. <laughs> well, that's too fast. Hopefully you got that just fine. Um, but I will be right back with you shortly. Please enjoy this interview um, involving myself, Sandra London, and Lily Cade. And just after that, I will read Oratio Oblica um, and I guess go over some cool zero stuff. <laughs> and that naughty naughty selection from the Master Slave collection, um, edited by N. T. Morley. Um, you're free to call in if you'd like, eight five eight eight one five two three three three. Once again, eight five eight eight one five two three three three. Yeah. 
going? Are we rolling? Hello. Yes, we are. <laughs> Hi. You're watching Sandra London TV and LivingBrightInLA.com all at the same time. I'm Sandra London. I'm here with Lily Kate. And Lily Kate is awesome. We just got done shooting our second and third thing. Our second today and our third overall. Yes. So we just had a good fun time and I and we were just having sex right where we are right now. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we got this. Yeah, this is our you know I don't wearing this. I was not. She broke my pearls, you guys. Isn't that terrible? No. They're going to be like fashion. No, yeah. it's fine. They're replaceable. <laughs> anyway. I knew they came off. But, um, so Lily's going to tell my readers and viewers a bit about herself. I'm going to chime in every now and again, but I'm going to give her the kitchen. <laughs> hey, so I'm Lily Cade, and you can find more of me at lilycade.com, which is L-I-L-Y-C-A-D-E.com. And um, I've been in porn since November 16th of 2008. And I'm, a, I'm an adult performer, I'm a girl girl performer, and I'm also a director. So my directorial debut is a movie called Art School Dykes, which is awesome, and you should get it. And the next movie that I directed is called Hardworking Girl. When is that coming out? Um, Art School is out in December of 2010. And Hardworking Girls is going to come out in October. Where can I find Art School Dykes? Anywhere adult TV. Did you attend like a theater 
uh, Wednesday, March 27th, 2013. Yesterday morning, or perhaps last night, Celeste will wake up dead. It will take quite some time before she will take note of this. Celeste will have just ventured out the evening before with her best friend forever, Ashlyn Jameson, to seek out a new restaurant and bar, Le Colisée. Dave will not appear too excited about this, and Celeste will worry that he may be upset by the time upon which she returns, especially if she should so happen to have spent far too much time catching up with her longtime friend, with whom she will not seen in a little over an academic year. Ashlyn has been on a study abroad exchange of some sort, premised upon classical literature and ancient mythology, or something like this. Ashlyn's long-winded, bubbly digests are quite familiar to all. Wow, this is the first time it, my computer's just totally spreading up. Hold on, hold on. Uh, if he keeps doing this, I'm going to have to play a song and restart. But hold on. Let's see. Up. Come on. <laughs> yes, full moon. I'm blaming it. I'm blaming you, moon. Full moon. <gasps> Dude. So rude. Okay, there we go. Hi. Shall we begin again? <laughs> I'm going to start over already. Well, let's hope this doesn't do this again. Alrighty. Yesterday morning, <laughs> or perhaps last night, Celeste will wake up dead. It will take quite some time before... Uh, before... Darn it! <laughs> and, uh, what ass? My computer's being so rude. <laughs> Pardonnez-moi. Um, this is being very mean. Um, if I could sing a song for you, I would. Let's see. What song shall I sing? I'll try again. <laughs> All right, Celeste will have just ventured out the evening before with her best friend forever, Ashlyn Jameson, to seek out a new restaurant and bar, Le Colisée. Dave will not appear too excited about this, and Celeste will worry that he may be upset by the time upon which she returns, especially if she should so happen to have spent far too much time catching up with her longtime friend, with whom she will have not seen in a little over an academic year. Ashlyn has been on a study abroad exchange of some sort, premised upon classical literature and ancient mythology, or something like this. Ashlyn's long-winded, bubbly digests are quite familiar to all. In fact, they register quite regularly as a CC all expose to her steady circulation of friends, as well as the many more recent admirers she will have gathered along the way. Mykonos, Athens, Barcelona, Catalonia, as Ashlyn has never failed to educate her fellow feathered ilk. All this, and even more still, and yet 
always all the best parts divulged solely for Celeste's pervy perusal and private consumption. And so now, Celeste will be able to unearth even more, always more, about her darling girlfriend, Hetty Endeavors, and their lusty conclusion. Ah, for example, Tomas, the hunky, highly adroit Catalonian, with whom Ashley has only just memorialized a great escape to Venezia. A sweet but sordid escapade, culminating with tentative then turbulent finger-filled dalliances to the tune of that silent symphony on the muddy waters of a midnight gondola ride. A tasty bon appétit, indeed, for El Senor, fanned beneath her popularly peasant skirt, and how Ashlyn would squirm, reliving how she would try her best to ignore the rocking and swaying of that small floating apparatus so many millions of light years away from the crunchy granola of her more usual endives. Like Hendry Beach off the Pacific coast, or a stolen moment of picnicking a la bavavoom on checkered gingham blankets, or were they Freddy's Burgers napkins? Ashlyn will have developed a learned disdain for those comparatively milder throes of passion, long gone and tossed out to sea amid the persistent flow of tides along the edges of humanity. Celeste is more than willing to subsume this all the while, emptying recollections of fuzzy, fading remnants of her own time's past, like losing her bon genre jeans to the Pacific coast in a newly naked embrace, her soaked front pockets bearing down, impeding resistance, reuniting with Donnie's T-shirt, their having become saddled with quarters readied for a midnight sack of colorless brown panty laundry and Donnie's short sleeves. All this and salutes the elements, yet little more than a mere pittance to Mother Nature herself. But no, no. Celeste will quickly return to the seedy seat of novelty, smack dab in front row, where things were a lot less pedestrian. You see, Ashlyn was a lady in Europe. That being so, it was only polite then to allow her beau, Tomas, to have a gander at her prized and pretty pink possession, and unthinkable to lie concealed and delicately beneath some nondescript fabric of commodity. Ah, yes, Celeste will be most eager to relish all of these naughty delicts abroad in real time, after all that she has devoured at length before her computer screen. Things were going to get real. Celeste will reach out, compelled by her quest to fully expose those secret treasures of abandon and concert, she hopes with her longtime beau. She has lived for the day of this reunion, it seems, and the lustful remixing of the familiar, the widening of Ashlyn's complicit, dazzling, hazel green eyes, her full breasts thrusting forward out of habit as she embarks anew, weaving her delicious narrative to life. David will not know what hit him. Certainly, yes. 
Celeste has been yearning for this sort of gathering for much more than a fortnight. And now she wants to collect. Her attention will divert at moments upon the thought of Ashlyn's cheeks, which usually tend towards Rosie when she's just about to spill the raciest of spoils, the impish dive of Ashlyn's heart-shaped head as she lowers her gaze mid-sentence. The corners of her girlfriend's lips when they curl conspiratorially. Their interchange will commingle, as they often do, laced with sheepish smirks of self-censorship and bouts of sheer, bemused embarrassment. False modesty will peel away as Ashlyn's hushed giggles tell all. Together, they will find it increasingly troublesome to fight back the tears of merriment. Time and again, they may attempt to stifle and compress Ashlyn's naughty narrative at irregular intervals, shielding themselves from spectators' wandering eyes and wondering ears. And, of course, the waiter will come near, making his proverbial rounds, mostly mid-bite, just like clockwork, just to see if everything's all right. And it will be, and so very much more than all right. Celeste will encroach progressively as the night waxes on, building upon each succulent recantation of her muse. Celeste will catalog all manner of happenstance this evening, hoping to unleash her very own brand of sex magic just this once, but precisely where and when she should. She will attempt to widen the circle, just for one. Or, well, her party of one. Ah, the sweet, unassuming, ever-so-devoted David. Now, ordinarily, Celeste would have had no difficulty casting forth a reasonable reproduction of her notorious pal's far-flung charisma, but her rehearsals were largely confined to solitary pursuit, mostly. Yet here, Celeste will assume certain studied positions on this once-upon-a-night. It is a given that she will start out well enough. She will advance with all the more purpose between the unforeseen hours of this endless night. Celeste's impending desire will mount bit by bit, eager to rejoice, relive, and suddenly give rise to a fait accompli. She races full speed ahead without regard for what could have otherwise resulted from certain derisive acts of jamais vu. Celeste will have hastened the destiny which stirs so immutably within, in spite of herself. By definition, Celeste has had plenty of, well, practice, gleaned from that steady stream of salacious digest, awash with the magnetic agony, ecstasy, and octane-laden discourse which spawns over-easy from Randy Wildchild, Ashlyn. Celeste has been au courant for such a very long time. 
more often than not, perhaps, this feverish intoxication could have topped off, occasioning itself to die a warm, slow, heady little death. Until this one night, her fantasies would have remained burrowed within the exclusive domain of private life, slipping through solely during hidden, unspecified stretches of time, shrouded within and beneath her stark white bedroom linen, finding their welcome respite peacefully atop Celeste's personal pleasure chamber. Normally, she would have flicked it out, pressing persistently with her tiny, finely tuned digits until she stopped. However, this time around, not so much. On this other day or night, something else will have come to pass instead, and rather remarkably so. And all because, and perhaps only because, at the culmination of this very grand soirée and pleasure-filled reconnaissance, things really won't seem all that different. Not at first. And yet, after all this, somehow it all must cease to be. Because Celeste will wake up dead. The End, written by yours truly, Sandra London, on March 19, 2013, and published March 27, 2013, on livinggrind.com. Yes. Huh. Alrighty. So I'll get you a song here real quick, and then I will be right back. right back with you. The call number is 858-815-2333. Once again, 858-815-2333. And... Hi. Okay. Here you are.
I'm a scary gargoyle on a tower that you made with plastic power. Your rhinestone eyes are like factories far away. Where the paralytic dreams that we all seem to keep drive on engines till they weep with future pixels in factories far away. So call the mainland from the beach. Your part is now washed up in bleach. The waves are rising for this time of year. And nobody knows what to do with the heat under sunshine. Pylons will meet while rain is falling like rhinestones from the sky. And she's new You need only hand over her too She'll spin her ass round And her panties right on down Till you pumped Pumped Till you're blue Ooh Yeah Um <laughs> Some men are born mediocre Some men achieve mediocrity And some men have mediocrity thrust upon them. <laughs> That's number one. Number number two, this is from Catch-22 by Joseph Heller. Uh-oh, did you see my pan, Costco? Do I have to kill you? Oops. <laughs> I'm recording this. <laughs> 
so funny. I'm gonna kill you, Kafka. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. Um, uh, um, okay, number two. What a lousy earth. He wondered how many people were destitute that same night, even in his own prosperous country. How many homes were shanties? How many husbands were drunk and wives socked? And how many children were bullied, abused, or abandoned? How many families hungered for food they could not afford to buy? How many hearts were broken? How many suicides would take place that same night? How many people would go insane? How many cockroaches and landlords would triumph? How many winners were losers, successes failures, and rich men poor men? How many wise guys were stupid? How many happy endings were unhappy endings? How many honest men were liars, brave men cowards, loyal men traitors? How many sainted men were corrupt? How many people in positions of trust had sold their souls to bodyguards? How many had never had souls? How many straight and narrow paths were cricket paths? How many best families were worse families? And how many good people were bad people? When you added them all up and then subtracted, it, you might be left with only the children, and perhaps with Albert Einstein and an old violinist or sculptor somewhere. <laughs> mm. Number two. Number three. They agreed that it was neither possible nor necessary to educate people who never questioned anything. That's number three. Ah. Um... <laughs> Number four, why are they going to disappear him? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. It isn't even good grammar. That's number four. Number five, it doesn't make a damned bit of difference who wins the war to someone who's dead. That's number five. Uh. <clears throat> Let's see. You have a morbid aversion to dying. You probably resent the fact that you're at war and might get your head blown off any second. I more than resent it, sir. I'm absolutely incensed. You have deep-seated survival anxieties, and you don't like bigots, bullies, snobs, or hypocrites. Subconsciously, there are many people you hate. Consciously, sir. Consciously, Yusarian corrected in an effort to help. I hate them consciously. You're antagonistic to the idea of being robbed, exploited, degraded, humiliated, or deceived. Misery depresses you. Ignorance depresses you. Persecution depresses you. Violence depresses you. Corruption depresses you. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if you're a manic depressive. Sure. Yes, sir. Perhaps I am. Don't try to deny it. <laughs> I'm not denying it, sir, said Yusarian, pleased with the miraculous rapport that finally existed between them. I agree with all that you said. <laughs> and then, let's see. <laughs> uh, this is a quote. This is funny. Next one. It was miraculous. It was almost no trick at all, he saw, to turn vice into virtue, and slander into truth, impotence into abstinence, arrogance into humility, plunder into philanthropy, thievery into honor, Blasphemy into wisdom, brutality into patriotism, and sadism into justice. Anybody could do it. It required no brains at all. It merely required no character. There's that one. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, the next one. The Texan turned out to be good-natured, generous, and likable. In three days, nobody could stand him. And then... There's nothing mysterious about it. He's not working at all. He's playing. Or else he's forgotten all about us. That's the kind of gaudy people talk about. A country bumpkin. A clumsy, bungling, brainless, conceited, uncouth hayseed. Good God, how much reverence can you have for a supreme being who finds it necessary to include such phenomena as phlegm and tooth decay in his divine system of creation? What in the world was running through that warped, evil, scatological mind of his when he robbed old people of the power to control their bowel movements? Why in the world did he ever create pain? <laughs> yeah. And then... uh, He's just making fun of people that blame God for everything. Um, okay, next one. Well, he died. You don't get any older than that. <laughs> huh? He said, well, he died. You don't get any older than that. <laughs> He's talking about a random soldier that died. A soldier that died. Um, prostitution gives her an opportunity to meet people. It provides fresh air and wholesome exercise, and it keeps her out of trouble. <laughs> oh. Uh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Let's take a drive into the middle of nowhere with a packet of marble lights and talk about our lives. Uh. <laughs> Hmm. Um. Uh. Okay, we're in today. What do you do when it rains? The captain answered frankly. I get wet. Huh. <laughs> 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 okay. Who? Who's funny? Who's day? He wanted to know. Who specifically do you think is trying to murder you? Mm. Every one of them, Isarian told him. Every one of whom? Every one of whom do you think? I haven't any idea. Then how do you know they aren't? Because, Clevenger sputtered and turned speechless with frustration. Clevenger really thought he was right, but Isarian had proof because strangers he didn't know shot at him with cannons every time he flew up into the air to drop bombs on them, and it wasn't funny at all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, about a dude who goes to war and gets all disenchanted with what he's fighting for, but he wants to live. But he's like, "What am I fighting for? To not die? But why?" So, <laughs> uh, oh, whatever his elders told him to do, he did. They told him to look before he leaped, and he always looked before he leaped. 
They told him never to put off until the next day what he could do the day before, and he never did. He was told to honor his father and his mother, and he honored his father and his mother. He was told that he should not kill, and he did not kill until he got in the army. Then he was told to kill, and he killed. He turned the other cheek on every occasion and always did unto others exactly as he would have had others do unto him. When he gave to charity, his left hand never knew what his right hand was doing. He never once took the name of the Lord his God in vain, committed adultery, or coveted his neighbor's ass. In fact, he loved his neighbor and never ever bore false witness against him. Major Major's elders disliked him because he was such a flagrant nonconformist. <laughs> Joe Heller. He's, he's probably dead now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He wrote this book. Catch-22. Catch-22 did not exist. He was positive of that, but it made no difference. What did matter was that everyone thought it existed, and that was much worse, for there was no object or text to ridicule or refute, to accuse, criticize, attack, amend, hate, revile, spit at, rip to shreds, trample upon, or burn up. Where are the Snowdens of yesteryear? (laughs) Men, he began his address to the officers, measuring his pauses carefully. You are American officers. The officers of no other army in the world can make that statement. Think about it. You have no respect for excessive authority or obsolete traditions. You're dangerous and depraved, and you ought to be taken outside and shot. There's one that's really funny I had to try to find. It's a collection of the quotes from it. I read it back in high school. I was going to pick some out, my favorites, and post. Where were you born? On a battlefield. No, no, and what state were you born? 
in a state of innocence. His heart cracked and he fell in love. He wondered if she would marry him. To say paso, she told him with a pleasant laugh. Why am I crazy? he asked. Perque no posso sposare? Why can't you get married? Because I'm not a virgin, she answered. What has that got to do with it? Who will marry me? No one wants a girl who's not a virgin. I will. I'll marry you. Ma non posso sposarti. Why can't you marry me? Perque sei pazzo. Why am I crazy? Perque voy sposarmi. You won't marry me because I'm crazy, and you say I'm crazy because I want to marry you? Is that right? Si. Tu say pats. He told her loudly, Perque? She shouted back at him indignantly, her unavoidable round breasts rising and falling in a saucy huff beneath the pink chemise as she sat up in bed indignantly. Why am I crazy? Because you won't marry me. Stupido! She shouted back at him and smacked him loudly and flamboyantly on the chest with the back of her hand. Non posso sposarti. Non capisci? Non posso sposarti. Oh, sure, I understand. And why can't you marry me? Perché sei pazzo? And why am I crazy? Perché vuoi sposarmi? Because I want to marry you. Carina, ti amo, he explained, and he drew her gently back down to the pillow. Ti amo molto. To say pazzo, she murmured in reply, flattered. Perché? Because you say you love me. How can you love a girl who's not a virgin? Because I can't marry you. <laughs> she bolted right up again in a threatening rage. Why can't you marry me, she demanded, ready to clout him again if he gave an uncomplimentary reply. Just because I'm not a virgin? No, no, darling, because you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
I'll tell you what justice is. Justice is a knee in the gut from the floor on the chin at night, sneaky with a knife brought up down on the magazine of a battleship, sandbagged underhanded in the dark without a word of warning. Um, um, her own body was such a familiar and unremarkable thing to her that she was puzzled by the convulsive ecstasy men could take from it by the intense and amusing need they had merely to touch it to reach out urgently and press it squeeze it, pinch it, rub it she did not understand Usarian's lust but she was willing to take his word for it Just what the hell did you mean, you bastard, when you said we couldn't punish you, said the corporal, who could take shorthand reading from his steno pad. All right, said the colonel, just what the hell did you mean? I didn't say you couldn't punish me, sir. When, asked the colonel. When what, sir? Now you're asking me questions again. I'm sorry, sir, I'm afraid I don't understand your question. When didn't you say we couldn't punish you? Don't you understand my question? No, sir, I don't understand. You've just told us that. Now suppose you answer my question. But how can I answer it? That's another question you're asking me. I'm sorry, sir, but I don't know how to answer it. I never said you couldn't punish me. Now you're telling us what you did say. I'm asking you to tell us what you didn't say. <laughs> I always didn't say you couldn't punish me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't keep death out, but while she was in, she had to act like a lady.
for Lulu by Krauss, uh, which I found via freemusicarchive.org. And just before that, I hope you enjoyed my dalliance into uh, Joe Heller Catch-22 quotes. That was a recording um, where it was very late, late, late in the evening, early morning, and I just felt like reading my favorite quotes from (laughs) Catch-22. 
was one of my favorite books in high school, so yes. And because my computer is being all weird, then I felt like I didn't want to try to be too adventurous and go through different, um, like, songs and clips and stuff in my studio because it's all slow right now. But I hope you enjoyed that. And, um, yes, although we are getting towards the end of the show and the theme, getting you back to zero, <laughs> hey, most people, like, will address the theme in the beginning, yes, but not me, I guess not. Yeah, I chose that um, partly because I ran across it when I was looking at, like, things that happened on this day in history and looking at, like, the Julian calendar. We use the Gregorian calendar um, here in the Western world. Um, but I liked reading about, like, the conditio absurda, like, all these different ways that were used to measure time. And Julian calendar preceded the Gregorian calendar that we now use. Um, and I was excited to see if they're like, yeah, about the year, like, zero or whatever. But I liked it because I saw a few weeks ago, um, quite a few weeks ago, maybe months now ago, there was um, some kind of question on, I believe it was debate.org or some site like this, that the question or debate was, is zero um, uh, a positive number? Um, that was a question, and um, and the argument was yes, and there was like a counter saying no, it isn't. It's just neutral. It's just nothing. It just is or whatever. And so the actual question, according to um, mathematical sources, is no, it is an even number. So yes, it is an even number. It's not neutral per se, um, and it's an even number because it's divisible by two, and it's rounded on both sides by odd numbers, and a set of zero objects can be split into two equal sets, which can be demonstrated on, like, a balance. Um, and I saw an example of that over on Wikipedia, and they're like, well, divisible by two, but when you do it, like, in a calculator, then you get, like, the E or the non, the NAN, that's the, like, not a number signal that will happen on, like, different calculators and all this, yet um, that doesn't matter. It's still <laughs> it's still an even number. And so I was just looking at, like, okay, well, what did, like, the ancients think about this whole thing? Um, because one of the first, like, verifiable um, uh, records of its use um, came from India, and then there was, like, the Moors, and then um, there was, like, the ancient Greeks that used their own alphabet to describe numbers and things like this, and then there was the creation of the Hellenistic zero, ugh, zero which became the Omicron, which looks like a sort of a, like, a outline of a head with hair that, like, goes horizontal or something, um, which now stands for or commonly expressed as 70. Anyways, the ancient Greeks themselves, they had, like, issues philosophically about the thought of zero as a number when it's kind of, like, was just seen as a placeholder um, and not of an actual prescribed value. But I guess, I don't know, as more and more mathematical, I don't know, data was conceptualized, like... 
I don't know, it just became more and more valuable in a way, I guess. And so this person named Pingala was a, was the first to conceptualize zero as an actual number and not just a space, because in the past sometimes they would just use a space to signify like zero, yet in some readings you had to know the context to know that the space meant a zero and wasn't just a random space. Anyways, I don't know if that confused you or you're like, what the hell? Or you're like, duh, or who knows? But to me, like, all that stuff's kind of, like, just cool. And, like, don't get me wrong or right or whatever, but I'm not, like, a math guru, genius person. Not with math, no. Um, But I do get it philosophically, and I think it's, like, fascinating. I don't know. Just, yeah. I don't know. Anyways, and if you're ever taking a test, like, GRE or GMAT, and you ever get, like, that question or you need to answer it in some way or know this, know that it is an even number. It's not neutral or whatever. It, it's it's a number, and it's even, and you can divide it by two. Yay! There's your lesson for today, if you didn't already know. <sighs> All right. <laughs> I'm going to give you a song, and then I'll be back. The um, call-in number is 858 Eight one five two three three three. Once again, eight five eight eight one five two three three three. And I'll play Elephant Song by Seventy Two Hours.
yo, let me apologize for the other night I know it wasn't right, but baby, you know what it's like Some brothers don't become my right, I understand, I'm feeling you Besides, can I have a dance, ain't really that original We laugh about it, trace the arms across my shoulder blades They playing lovers rock, I got to fold the fingers on the waist He in my butt up like the Arizona summer song finishes She whisper, honey, let's exchange numbers in three We debating late night conversation in the crib Heart racing, trying to be cool and patient She touched on my eyelids, the room fell silent She walked away smiling, singing Gregory's Isaacs like If I don't, if I don't, if I don't Show me a tan line and a tattoo Playing Sade, sweet as taboo Burning candles, all my other plans got canceled Man, I smashed it like an Idaho potato She call me at my jail, come now, I can't say no Gyms and tree trunks, rocking a pee from cocking her knees up, champion lover, not ease up. Three months she call, I feel I'm running a fever. Six months I'm telling her I desperately need her. Nine months, two white sisters are shorty not around. I need more than to knock it down, I'm really trying to lock it down. Man, I can hook up and go at it. Burn a slogan, let her know, sweetheart, I got to have it. She's telling me commitment is something she can't manage. Wake up the next morning, she gone like it was magic. Oh, damn it. This on Harrison full frantic. My mama wants an answer. By my flop, Taurus and Chantress Who hit me up? I saw Cherise at the kitty club With some banging ass agent playing Lay it down and lick me up What? Yo. I do this for my city Is you with me? Just move forward and life regret nothing 
don't think twice You hear that sound, relax on, yep, I bring it twice This shit just on my city, city, I do it, don't mimic I'm talking every city, town, as long as you with it I'm in it, I get it finished, this is just the beginning Yellow polo, yellow puma, I'm just a lemon Sour as any feeling, I'm feeling like I'm gonna be winning I do this for my city, and whoever is in it I do this for my city, is you with me? Music is the movement, and we're doing kind of swiftly with the liquor in my lip, but now I'm feeling kind of tipsy. And this is for your DJ, tell it off, but some can hit me. I'll be feeling like, boy, I'm so relaxed, I'm so relaxed, girl, I'm so relaxed, I'm so relaxed, boy. I do this for my city, is you with me? The music is the movement and we're moving kind of swift. We put the liquor in my lip, but now I'm feeling kind of tipsy. Kind of tipsy. Hello, all you sexy naked girls radio listeners. Have yourself a naked day and make it a naughty night with me, Sandra London, on Playtime with Sandra every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Central, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Listen, 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 pay attention I am from the place where repenting is a crime I do airplane in the sky Sitting in my room, spitting poems to myself And my AKG never play deep Airplane, airplane, airplane in the sky And I'll do this shit you won't pass me Because I got the brains and the bronze of a tyrant I am never violent, I am never silent I'm forever airplane in the sky Kid, I am a slob when I'm spitting Rappers-itis, listen to me cause I'm like King Midas Got that golden touch, got a golden Dutch honeys they never get me for my money cause I'm dug like funny Airplane, airplane Dig, digging up your grave airplane. Bigger than the hay airplane. Niggas wanna hate uh, Niggas need to date yep. themselves because they gay airplane. And as the shit plays, I be getting paid Every day and I get chips like Lay's uh, I can't have just one uh, never uh, Yeah, yo, because forever I will sever your head If you try to get Airplane, airplane Have your uh, mo dead uh, Then I be like, uh, girl, can you give me mo? Airplane Yo, Agnes, I was on with that baddest Bitch that was her name, she was like a radish, all red bubble, but she got the bubble gun. When I stick it in her, she be shitting for a couple months. Cause I love to cunt, I love to put, yo, I love to push, and I love to get it every day, like to hit it every way. I don't give a fuck because the kid will forever spray. With the sneeze guard, with the mouth spitting, written from the dome. Listen, as I shit these poems out like they, oh, food that process, I am. On the airplane, not in the projects. I'm in the studio with a fat booty hoe. Really, really straight like an arrow. Got my eye on the sparrow. I am like the pharaoh of a.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.